Welcome to the Happiness and Meaning of Life show. I'm your host, Marilyn Tan. Each show, I interview a person of accomplishment who is living a life of meaning and purpose and happiness. Each one is following their own path. We'll learn their insights on creating a joyous, purposeful, and rewarding life. You can learn more on how to have a happy, healthy, and productive life of meaning and purpose on my website, MarilynTam.com. Welcome. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Arun Gandhi. Arun Gandhi, grandson of Mahatma Gandhi, is a lifelong humanitarian and founder and president of Gandhi Worldwide Education Institute. He also founded MK Gandhi Institute for Nonviolence in 1981. Arun calls himself a peace farmer. He's spreading nonviolence worldwide, rescuing and training impoverished children to break the poverty cycle, teaching nonviolence to inmates in correctional institutions, and supporting poor families. You learn more about Arun's remarkable life and how he's found peace, happiness, and meaning. Welcome, Arun. As always, it's a delight to spend time with you and as an honor. Thank you very much, Marilyn. Nice to nice of you to have me on the show. I'm sure everybody's just wondering with your background, with all this history and and teachings from your grandfather. What does happiness mean to you personally? Well, you know, happiness is a relative term. Some people find happiness in acquiring uh, material goods, and some people find happiness in um, just family. Um, I find happiness in serving the uh, poor and the destitute. Mm -hmm. And when I see a smile on their face and when I see them, um, you know, wipe their tears off, that gives me a tremendous amount of joy and happiness uh, of achieving something. Mm -hmm. Because my purpose in life has always been that my existence in this world should be meaningful to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And their lives, uh, if, they, if I can change their lives for the better, that uh, would bring me great joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. So you basically answered my second question, which is the, your meaning for life. And so what I'm hearing is that your meaning, meaning of life for you is serving and making others happier. And I totally understand that because that's how I feel too. And that's really what makes me get um, motivated to do things that sometimes I don't even think I can do. And as you say, the satisfaction of seeing somebody else feel better or, or get an opportunity they wouldn't have otherwise um, just fills my heart with a, a peace and a contentment that I don't think I can get from buying a new whatever gizmo. <laughs> that, right. Yeah. right. So what is the one thing that makes you happy? Um, I think, um, you know, like I said, helping the poor and the destitute and the oppressed. Um, I've done that a lot uh, for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. um, changed the lives of many people and I still continue in a small way 
to do that and that brings me a lot of joy and happiness. Well, I can't ever say that you do anything in a small way. Uh, one, sto- one thing I know about you is you and your, your late wife, Sunanda, um, rescued 128 abandoned babies and found yeah. homes. Is that what you would be wanting to be remembered for? Or what about your school that you have now for children in India and all the work you do in correctional institutions? What would, do you think you would want to be remembered for? I would, be rely, I would like to be remembered for being a compassionate person, uh, willing to help anybody who uh, was in distress. Um, I've done, you know, over the period, I've done a lot of different types of works. Um, first, I started off with uh, um, people, homeless people who were, uh, you know, on, um, occupying city pavement, sleeping on the pavement and making that their home. Uh, we rehabilitated many of them and, and got them to go back to their villages and live properly in a proper house and uh, be able to earn a livelihood there. Then during that period, we also came across all these abandoned babies. Um, We would find them on the streets and uh, there would be no notification about who the parents were or who abandoned them. So we had to um, find uh, legal ways of uh, giving them an adoption, um, you know, registering them and and uh, trying to find their homes. And then lately, uh, in the last uh, 15 years or so, I came across um, a lot of children who were made to work because they were impoverished. And I looked around and I found this lady who was doing uh, similar work, but she was strapped for funds. And she was very committed. And because she also came from that kind of poverty and and, uh, domestic service and all that, I told her, I said, let's join uh, together and uh, I will find the funds and we'll build a center and you run the center and, and take care of these kids. And so we started doing that about 15 years ago. So, you know, it's uh, just dealing with issues. I know it's a ma- massive problem. I mean, there are millions and millions of children destitute and hungry Uh, in India and all over the world. But uh, I know my capacity. I can do so much. uh, And so I do as much as I can and and, uh, hope that others will be inspired to do similar things. And eventually we can, you know, take care of this whole problem. Every time I talk to you, I learn a little bit more about the work you're doing. And each time it just gets me so inspired to do more because you say you're doing a little bit, but you're doing so much compared to most everyone. So thank you. Thank you so much. So 
what advice would you give to somebody who's listening, who may not have started to doing anything other than, as you say, grabbing what it is that they think they need because they haven't come from a place where they've had enough. And most of us have been in situations where we haven't had enough. But so how do you tell somebody that if you want to be happier, there's some ways, some ways to go about it? What, would you, what advice would you give them? Well, you know, um, that's the sad part of materialism. Mm -hmm. uh, materialism has uh, made us very greedy. And, and we are so steeped in that greed uh, and that even when we bring up our children parenting, uh, we always emphasize on children that they have to be successful in life and reach the top and don't worry about anybody else, just think about yourself. So we're planting the first seeds of selfishness in the children. Mm. And they grow up to be selfish. They grow up to get uh, everything that they want and, and more and, and reach the top. They don't care whose toes they trample in the process and what happens to others. Uh, that's none of their business. They're only thinking about themselves. And that kind of attitude and greed only makes matters worse. Uh, and, you know, it caused all the disparities, the economic disparities and other disparities that we experience in society. It breeds discrimination because... Anytime we see somebody else may, doing better than us, we are, um, you know, we hate them and we build prejudices and, and that's how prejudices and discrimination grow. Uh, also, because of that materialistic lifestyle, uh, our education system is all uh, messed up. It's become a factory to produce workers and society needs doctors or engineers or uh, accountants or whatever. We produce them in these uh, schools and colleges and send them out to go and make money. There is no component about people, about personalities, about knowing each other, about knowing different cultures, about knowing how this world is made up of all different people. That part of it doesn't exist in education at all. You know, we do charity work today. You know, we, a lot of charity is given uh, in terms of money and lots of churches and other religious institutes run soup kitchens. Now, I don't think that that is very positive. Because we are feeding people, but we are not building their self-respect and self-confidence. They become, you know, um, they, they come to believe that they are useless and helpless and they have to depend on these soup kitchens to feed them. We've got to also build their self-respect and self-confidence so that they can eventually learn to stand on their own feet and be able to take care of themselves. 
That's very <clears throat> deep learning. Thank you. You're talking about giving people self-respect, giving them the opportunity to really be a full person instead of just somebody on the receiving exactly. end of a handout. So for someone who is starting this journey, going from thinking about themselves to thinking about others, what would the first thing you would suggest that they do? Well, I think, um, you know, we have to, first of all, be willing to make sacrifices. Uh, we have to sacrifice our time. Sometimes we have to sacrifice money and our, uh, you know, all the... Uh, so, in short, we have to learn to make a sacrifice mm -hmm. uh, when helping other people. Mm -hmm. So, we have to determine to what extent we want to go with that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The second step would be to uh, look at some situation within your neighborhood and see what kind of uh, problems exist there and how best we can uh, deal with them. Uh, and, you know, Gandhi's philosophy had the, the component of constructive action and trusteeship. Now, what he meant by trusteeship is that each one of us has a talent, a talent that we have acquired through education or inheritance or whatever, but a talent that we think we own, and therefore we use that talent for our own personal gain to achieve whatever our ambition may be. Grandfather said we don't own the talent. We are trustees of the talent. And as trustees of the talent, we should be willing to use the talent for other people as much as we use for ourselves, which means sharing and giving. A lot to think about using our own talents as something that we can give back by yeah. not regarding it as our own, but this is just right. something that we are, as you say, a trustee, as your grandfather said, that we're a trustee of so that we have an obligation in a way to share because it's mm. really what, who we are. So any other thoughts you would uh, offer our listeners, our viewers about how to find happiness and meaning in life? Because you've really talked about getting out of self and self um, interest only to understanding and being in the shoes of others, as you say, compassion. Um, but any additional thoughts before we close? Well, certainly I would like, you know, because of this materialistic lifestyle that we have chosen, mm -hmm. we have created a whole culture of violence, mm. a culture of violence that dominates every aspect of our lives our sports, our religion, our education, our relationships, everything is violent. And when we live in that culture of violence, we are going to have a lot of these problems like discrimination and what happened to the Asian people. It happened to the Indian people some years ago in, in the East Coast. 
when they had the dot busters and the gangs would, uh, you know, beat up women with uh, the dots on their head. And so, you know, we, it's all part of this whole culture of violence um, that causes all these things to happen. The culture of nonviolence is just the opposite. It brings out all the goodness in you to practice nonviolence. And I would like to tell your listeners that nonviolence is not a weapon. Although a lot of people today have used it as a weapon and they still look at it as a weapon of convenience, it's not a weapon. It is a way of life. Unless you think nonviolently and live nonviolently, you you can't practice nonviolence. It, it has to become a part of your being. And if it becomes a part of your being, then naturally all the goodness in you comes out uh, because that's what nonviolence is all about. It brings out the good, positive aspects of life. The culture of violence brings out all the worst in us all the hate and the prejudice and anger and frustration, mm -hmm. whereas nonviolence brings out the good in us. And um, when we have good goodness in us, we spread it around and we can then have a society where everybody lives in harmony. Thank you, Arun. As always, it is so inspiring and heartwarming to, to listen to you and hear your stories and your wisdom. So for our listeners and viewers who are definitely going to want to know more about you, would you give them your website, please? It's www.arungandhi.net. Thank you, Arun, as usual. Blessings and thank you. And thank you, listeners to listening to our show today and we look forward to you in the next one.